This 13-part series of Lord of the Rings is dedicated to my two grandsons, Aiden and Byron. They've inspired me to continue on doing the things that I love, and I hope that you enjoy. Don't forget to go to oldtimeradiodvd.com today and see all of our collections. Long years ago, in the second age of Middle-earth, the elven smiths of Eregion forged rings of great power. Then the Dark Lord Sauron forged one ring in the fires of Mount Doom in the land of Mordor. This ring he made to rule the others, and their power was bound up with it, so that they could last only so long as it too should last. And from that time, War never ceased between Sauron and the elves. Three rings they hid from him, but the others he gathered into his hands, hoping to make himself master of all things. Then was an alliance made against the Dark Lord, and Sauron was, for that time, vanquished. But at length his dark shadow stretched forth once more, and he sought again for mastery over the rings of power. One ring had come into the possession of Gollum, a slimy creature as dark as darkness, who kept its secret onto himself in the nethermost depths of the mines beneath the misty mountains. There it was hidden, even from the searching eye of Sauron, the Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. Prepared for radio in 13 episodes by Brian Sibley. With Ian Holm, Michael Horton, John LeMessurier, and Peter Woodthorpe. Episode 1, adapted by Brian Sibley, The Shadow of the Past. Long years Gollum possessed his ring, before it left him and passed to another. Gollum sought unceasingly to recover it, and without realising what power drew him on, he made his way, step by step and mile by mile, to Mordor. Precious, precious, we've lost the precious. After all these ages, it's gone. <laughs> It was our birthday present, and it's lost. Curses and crushes, but we'll never find it again. No. 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 You! Us! 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 Miserable creature. <laughs> Why are you lurking here? No! Not lurking, precious, looking. Yes, we're looking for our birthday present, aren't we, precious? Yes, that's all. The Lord Sauron has no liking for those who pry and spy. Spying? Prying? We meant no harm, precious, did we not? None come or go here without the Lord Sauron's leave. <laughs> if you will not answer here, you shall answer in Mordor. Nothing to answer, is there, precious? Nothing. No, no, nothing. There are... Devices in Barad-dûr to loosen the lying tongue. <laughs> Come! No, no, precious! No, precious! Puts us down! Puts us down! No!
Why come you to the land of Mordor? <laughs> we were only looking for our precious Our precious, which we lost. Precious? Uh, what is this precious? It was ours, and the nasty nerves are stolen from us. What was stolen? <laughs> we only used it to catch our food with precious, didn't we? Silly goblinses couldn't see us when we wore the precious. <laughs> we would have died of hunger in those mountains. We would, we would. If it hadn't been for precious. Where did you get this thing? <laughs> <laughs> it was given to us, Precious, as a, a birthday present. And we kept it safe, oh yes, very safe, for long ages. This, 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 this. Till the thief took it from us. Who took it? We don't know. Do we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> Nasty knows that he was, wasn't he, Precious? And Trixie, who tried to cheat us, he did. Lost in the mountains, he was lost. Oh. Came nosing round our pool, he did. Asked us riddles, it did. Cheated, it did. Stole it. <laughs> who stole it? We've said, haven't we, Precious? We don't know, do we, Precious? <laughs> Baggins! Ooh. Baggins, he said it was! That's all we know, isn't it, Precious? Yes, yes, yes. When was this? Long ago. Yes, yes. Years, years ago. And we've been looking for it ever since, haven't we? Yes. Little cheating thief. We ought to have squeezed it. Squeezed it, we are. Where is Baggins now? Don't know. Don't know, do we, Precious? No, we don't know where the Baggins is. Came from the Shire, didn't he? Yes, yes, but we don't know where that is. You lie. No. My master demands the truth. No, no, Precious, we don't lie. We don't, the master, all we know. And who was Baggins? He was Mr. Bilbo Baggins. And Mr. Bilbo Baggins was a hobbit. He had once lived at Bag End on the hill in the village of Hobbiton across the water in the Shire in the peaceful northwest of Middle Earth. Now, however, Bilbo was no longer the occupant of Bag End, and sinister shadows lengthened in the Shire. But let us go back 17 years to an evening in early September when the chief topic of conversation at the Ivybush Tavern in Hobbiton was Mr Bilbo Baggins. You can say what you like, Gaffer Gamgee, but Baggins a queer place and its folk queerer. Mr Bilbo is a very nice, well-spoken, gentle hobbit, Ted Sandyman, and don't you go saying otherwise. But what about this Frodo that lives with him? Baggins is his name, but he's more than half a brandy book. I gaffer, Sandy Man's right there. And they're rum folk in Buckland, living on the wrong side of Brandywine River and Be all. that as it may, Daddy Twofoot, Mr Frodo is a Baggins. He's Mr Bilbo's nephew yeah. and his first and second cousin. And anyhow, he's as nice a young hobbit as you could wish to meet. Well, there's still some as think when young Frodo's parents upped and died, Mr Bilbo ought to have left well enough alone. And there's still some as think Mr Bilbo did him a great kindness by adopting him as his heir and bringing him back here to live among decent folk. Well, to live among queer folk, I says. <laughs> well, I've gardened for Mr Bilbo more years than I can't remember. I finds him decent enough. And so does my lad Sam. He's always in and out of bag end. 
Mr. Bilbo's learned him his letters. Oh, letters. Well, well, meaning no harm, Mark you. I hope no harm will come of it. Well, if you know so much about the goings-on at Bag End, what's all this talk of a party? It's to be a birthday party. Mr. Bilbo and Mr. Frodo have the same birthday, you know. Oh. It's September the 22nd. This year, Mr. Frodo will be 33, come of age. And Mr. Bilbo will be 111. And a very respectable age, too, for a hobbit. Ah, Gavin's right there. Well, the old took himself only reached 130. And Mr. Bilbo's certainly well-preserved for his age. Wait, he don't look no different now to what he did when he was 90. Well, come to that, when he was 50. Well-preserved? <laughs> Unchanged would be nearer the mark. Some folk of all the luck. <laughs> anyway, who's going to this here party? My Sam says that everyone's going to be invited. And there's going to be presents, Mark, oh. you. Yeah, presents for all. <laughs> this very month, as is. Honestly, Frodo, I shall be glad when September the 22nd's been and gone. Why? What's up? Half Hobbiton's up. And standing about outside Bag End as if they expected to see a dragon pop out any minute. <laughs> Our party certainly seems to be causing rather a lot of excitement. Well, I put up a notice on the gate now saying, no admittance except on party business. So perhaps you'll have a little peace and quiet for a while. Oh. Yes? Oh, uh, I'm sorry if I'm disturbing you, Mr. Bilbo, sir. No, 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 no. It's all right, Sam. What can I do for you? Nothing, Mr. Bilbo. I met the postman from Bywater on his way up here with another bundle of replies to those party invitations of yours. And as the poor fellow had been up here four times already today, I said as how I'd deliver them for him. Well, thank you, Sam. Well, not at all, Mr. Bilbo. Uh... May I say how much me and the gaffer is looking forward to your party? Well, a party at Bag End without the Gamgees would be unthinkable. Oh, well, anyway, if you'll excuse me, I'd best be getting on with trimming that there hedge of yours. Oh, very good, Sam. And thank you again for playing postman. My pleasure, Mr. Bilbo. Now then, Frodo. Now, you start on these. Yes. And I'll open this lot. Um... Thank you for your kind invitation. I should be very pleased to come. Rory Mac Brandybuck. Good old Rory. Oh, rest my soul, Frodo. Listen to this. We wish to acknowledge your invitation and to notify you of our acceptance. Otho and Lobelia Sackville Baggins. Well, you didn't think they'd miss it, did you? Oh, I suppose not. But I'm sure they're not at all happy that I've made you my heir. <coughs> now who is it? <coughs> Ah, Gandalf! Well, Mr. Baggins, you needn't look so surprised. Well, what on earth have you got in that cart? Fireworks? Well, surely you weren't planning a party without fireworks? My word, it's a good many years since any of Gandalf's fireworks were seen in the Shire. Well, wizards have more important business to attend to than making elf fountains and goblin barkers for the entertainment of hobbits. Now then, how long are you going to keep me standing on the doorstep? Oh, I'm sorry, Gandalf, uh, I'm sorry. Come in, come in. Thank you. Ah, hello, Frodo. Uh, hello, Gandalf. Uh, did I hear you say something about fireworks? You did. Oh, I always thought Gandalf's fireworks were a, a hobbit legend. Did you now? Can I take a peep? You can do better than that. I can? Yes, you can make sure no young hobbits go sneaking off with any. Not a single squib, <laughs> mark you. All right. And that includes you, Frodo. Oh, very well. Mm. Now, sit down, Gandalf. We'll have a sure. pipe of old Toby together. Uh -huh. Now, you can tell me your news. Thank you, Bilbo. Uh, 
There is no pipeweed to compare with that of the Shire. <coughs> I've missed it. Mm. As to news, well, that, for the moment, must wait. Well, now, mm. this is pleasant. Well, I must say, your garden's looking very bright. Yes, Sam and his father keep it well for me, mm -hmm. and I'm very fond of it, and of all the dear old Shire. But I think I need a holiday. Oh, you mean to go on with your plan, then? I do. I made up my mind months ago, and I haven't changed it. Oh, very well. It's no good saying any more. Stick to your plan, your whole plan, mind. And I hope it'll turn out for the best for you. Well, I hope so. And for anyway, all of us. <laughs> I mean to enjoy myself on Thursday. Have my little joke. Full laugh, I wonder. Well, we shall see. Eventually, after much excitement, Thursday, September the 22nd, actually came. That is the signal for supper. My dear people. Oh dear, I think Bill Bear is about to make a speech. My dear Bagginses and Woffins. And my dear Tooks and Bradley Bucks and Grubs and Chubs. Yes. And Burrowses and Hornblowers. Bulgers, Brace Girdles, Good Bodies. Brock Hussies. Oh, yeah. And Proudfoots. Proud feet. <laughs> Proudfoots. Also, my good Sackfield Baggins is that I welcome back at last to Bag End. Thank you. Now, while you're filling up the corners, as we hobbits put it, I hope you'll permit me a few words. Today is my 111th birthday. I'm 111 today. And I hope, I hope you're all enjoying yourselves as much as I am. Well, I shan't keep you long. But I've called you together for a purpose. Indeed, for three purposes. First of all, to tell you that I'm immensely fond of you all and that 111 years is too short a time to live among such excellent and admirable hobbies. I don't know half of you as well as I should like and I like less than half of you as well as you deserve. <laughs> and secondly, I have called you all together to celebrate my birthday. Hooray! Or I should say, our birthday. For it is, of course, also the birthday of my nephew and heir, Frodo. He comes of age and comes into his inheritance today. Did you hear that, Elko? Inheritance. I don't know, Lobelia, but I don't like the sound of it at all. Together, our years total 144. Your numbers were chosen to fit this remarkable total. One gross, if I may use the expression. One gross, indeed. Nasty, vulgar expression. Thirdly and finally, I wish to make an announcement. Daddy, I regret to announce that although, as I said, 111 years is far too short a time to spend among you, this is the end. I'm going. I'm leaving. Now. Goodbye. <laughs>
did he go? He vanished. Oh, one minute he was there, and then he's gone. Yeah. How did he do it? Did anyone see what How extremely bad mannered. He's mad. I always said so mad. While Bilbo Baggins was making his speech, he had been fingering a golden ring in his pocket. The very ring that Gollum had once possessed and lost. And as he said goodbye, he slipped it on his finger, vanished, and was never seen by any hobbit in Hobbiton again. He walked briskly back indoors and changed into some travelling clothes. Ah, Gandalf, I wonder if you'd come to see me off. I'm glad to find you visible, Bilbo. Oh. <laughs> hmm. I suppose you feel that everything has gone off splendidly and according to plan? Well, yes, I do. Hmm. Though that last firework was rather surprising. It quite startled me. A little addition of your own, I suppose. It was. You wisely kept that ring secret all these years, and it seemed to me necessary to give your guests something else that would seem to explain your sudden vanishment. You're an interfering old busybody, <laughs> and I expect you know best, as usual. I do, when I know anything. But uh, I don't feel too sure about this whole affair. Uh, are you going any further with it? Yes, I am. I feel I need a holiday, a very long holiday. Probably a permanent holiday. I don't expect I shall return. Hmm? In fact, I don't mean to. Why, Bilbo? <sighs> I'm old, Gandalf. I don't look it, but I'm beginning to feel sort of stretched, like butter that has been scraped over too much bread. I can't be right. Hmm. 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 No, it doesn't seem right. No, I believe your plan probably is for the best. Well, I've made up my mind, anyway. I want to see the mountains again, and then find somewhere where I can rest in peace and quiet without a lot of relatives prying around and a string of confounded visitors hanging on the bell. And Dot? Yes? You'll keep an eye on Frodo for me, won't you? Yes, I will. Two eyes, as often as I can spare them. He would come with me, of course, if I asked him. But he doesn't really want to yet. He's still in love with the Shire, with woods and fields and little rivers. Anyway, he ought to be comfortable here. I'm leaving everything to him. Everything? The ring as well? Well, uh, yes, yes, I, I suppose so. Where is it? In an envelope, if you must know. There, on the mantelpiece. Where, Bilbo? I don't see it. What? Oh, bless my soul. No, no, no. No, it's, it's here. It's here in my pocket. Now, isn't that odd? Oh. But then, after all, why not? Why shouldn't it stay no, there? No, 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 no. There's no need to get angry about it. I'm angry because it's mine. It's my own. My precious. Ah. Yes. My precious. Ah. It's been called that before, but not by you. Well, I must say it now. Even if that horrid golem creature said the same once, it's not his now. He lost it, and I found it, and now it belongs to me, and I shall keep it. If you say that again, Bilbo, I shall get angry. And then you shall see Gandalf the Grey uncloaked. But the ring is mine, isn't it? I mean, I, I found it. And Gollum would have killed me if I hadn't kept it and used it to escape from him. The Hobbit, the Hobbit must, must have a competition, have a competition with, with us, precious. If it asks us a riddle, and we doesn't answer... Then we does what it wants and shows it to my eye. It precious eye, and it 
doesn't answer them. <laughs> then we eat it, my precious. All right. <laughs> ask us, ask us, ask us a riddle. Uh, what have I got in my pocket? <laughs> Not fair! Not fair! That's not a riddle. It isn't fair, my precious. It isn't fair to ask us what it's got in its nasty little pocket. What have I got in my pocket? <laughs> Must give us three guesses. My precious, three guesses. Very well. Guess away. Wrong. Yes. Yes again. Knife. Wrong. Last guess. Come on, time's up. String or nothing. Both wrong. Now you must show me the way out of here. Did we say so? Precious. Show the nasty little baggins is the way out. But what has it got in its pockets today? Nothing, precious, but not nothing. Never you mind. A promise is a promise. Cross it is. Impatient, precious. But why? Why? Oh, we can guess what it's got in his pockets. He's can't we, precious? We've lost it yet. He's found it! Yes! He must have! Curse the Baggins! Thief! Thief! Where's the gun? Where's the Baggins? Vanish! It's ours! I'm not a thief, whatever he said. I've never called you one, and I'm not one either. I'm not trying to rob you, but to help you. I'm sorry, but I felt so strange. You see, the ring has been growing on my mind lately. I'm always wanting to put it on and disappear, or wondering if it's safe, and pulling it out to make sure. Sometimes I've felt it was like an, like an eye looking at me. Then go away and leave it behind. Stop possessing it. Give it to Frodo and I will look after him. All right, I will. After all, that's what this party business was all about, really. To give away lots of presents and somehow make it easier to give it away at the same time. It hasn't made it any easier in the end, but it would be a pity to spoil the joke. <laughs> Very well, the ring goes to Frodo with all the rest. And I, I really must be starting, or somebody else will catch me. Bilbo? Yes? You still have the ring in your pocket. What? Well, that's my so, so I have. It's still in the envelope with my will. You better take it and deliver it for no. me. No, 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 don't give the ring to me. Put it on the mantelpiece. It'll be safe enough there till Frodo comes. I shall wait for him. All right, if you say so. There. <laughs> well, that's that, then. And now I'm off. Oh, what fun. Goodbye, dear Gandalf. Goodbye for the present, Bilbo. Take care of yourself. Don't worry about me. 
I'm as happy now as I've ever been. Goodbye. The road goes ever on and on, down from the door where it began. Now far ahead the road has gone, and I must follow if I can. Goodbye, my dear Bill until our next meeting. Until it joins some larger way, where many paths and errands meet, and whither then I cannot say. Has he gone? Yes, he's gone at last. Oh, dear, I wish... I mean, well, I hoped until this evening that it was only a joke, but I knew in my heart that he really meant to go. He always used to joke about serious things. I wish I'd come back sooner, just just to see him off. I really think he preferred slipping off quietly in the end. Yes. Don't be too troubled. He'll be all right now. Uh, he left a packet for you. There it is. You'll find his will and all the other documents in there, and I fancy you'll also find a golden ring. The ring? Oh, has he left me that? I wonder why. Still, it may be useful. It may, and it may not. You must be careful of that ring. I should not make use of it if I were you. Keep it safe and keep it secret. Why? What do you know already? Oh. Only what Bilbo told me. But what did he tell you, I wonder? He told me the truth. Not that old story about its having been a present. <laughs> yes, it was odd that he should have invented that. But odd things happen to people who have such treasures. If they use them, let it be a warning to you to be very careful with it. It may have other powers than just making you vanish when you wish to. I don't understand. No. Neither do I. I've merely begun to wonder about the ring. You're being very mysterious. What are you afraid of? I'm not certain. So I'll say no more. I may be able to tell you something when I come back. C come back? You're going away too? Yes, and I must go at once. At once? But, but, but why? I thought you were staying on for at least a week. I intended to, but I've had to change my mind. Oh, how long will you be gone? It may be for some while, Frodo, but I'll come and see you again as soon as I can. Look out for me, especially at unlikely times. So take care of yourself. And remember what I said about the ring? Keep it safe and keep it secret. Goodbye. Goodbye, Gandalf. Keep it safe and keep it secret. Seventeen years passed, and Frodo all but forgot the ring. But the Dark Lord Sauron had not forgotten it. And learning from Gollum that a ring of power had been found by Baggins of the Shire, bent his mind to find it again. Riders of Mordor, the Lord Sauron commands, seek for the Shire, find 
Bragging. The nine black riders gallop out of Mordor to begin their quest. While in the Shire, Frodo was oblivious to the interest being shown in the name of Baggins. Ho, 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 to the bottle I go to heal my heart and drown my woe. Good health, Bilbo, wherever you are. Hello, Frodo. Uh, all well, eh? All well. <coughs> Though I've missed seeing my friend Gandalf. C come in, come in. Thank you, Frodo. Well, <laughs> you look the same as ever. So do you. Or as far as I can remember. <laughs> yes, yes. It's been too long. I thought you'd abandoned the Shire forever. But I expect you've had more important people to visit than hobbits. Important, yes, but not necessarily more important. In fact, my visit now is of the utmost importance. I'm sorry, Gandalf, I don't understand. The ring, Frodo. Hmm? Bilbo's ring. It's dangerous. Far more dangerous than even I had guessed. But such matters are best left until daylight. <coughs> We'll talk about it in the morning. All right. Hmm. That was an excellent breakfast, Frodo. Good. Now. Oh, uh, how about a pipe before we talk? Hmm? Ah, splendid. <laughs> I once told Bilbo the one thing I miss about the Shire when I'm not there Part, of course, from having breakfast with an agreeable hobbit <laughs> is its pipeweed. Well, now, which would you like? Uh, see, Longbottom Leaf or Old Toby? Uh, <laughs> or Southern Star? Uh, uh, I used to smoke Old Toby with Bilbo, so let it be that. Right. Help yourself. Thank you, Frodo. Hmm. Sam's at work early, I see. Yes. He's a great fellow, Sam. He manages the garden by himself now. Gaffer's getting on. Now, Gandalf, last night you began to tell me that you thought the ring was dangerous. If it is, then I must know in what way. Mm -hmm. In many ways. Which far more powerful than I ever dared to suppose. So powerful that in the end it would utterly overcome anyone of mortal race who possessed it. It would possess him. How do you mean, possess him? A mortal, Frodo, who keeps one of the rings of power, does not die. Hmm? He doesn't grow or obtain more life. He merely continues until at last every minute is weariness. And if he often uses the ring to make himself invisible, he fades. He becomes, in the end, permanently invisible and walks in twilight under the eye of the dark power that rules the rings. How terrifying! And Bilbo? How much did Bilbo know about all this? Very little, I'm sure. It seemed to him that something was wrong or odd, but uh, he thought it was himself. He said he felt stretched, but he didn't suspect that the ring was to blame for the fact that he showed no signs of age. But it was an indication that the ring was getting control. 
But there wasn't any permanent harm done, was there? He would get all right in time, wouldn't he? I don't think you need worry about Bilbo. Of course, he possessed the ring for many years and used it and lied to others about how he came by it, so it may take a long while for the influence to wear off. But the important thing is, he gave it up in the end of his own accord. No, no, once he'd let the thing go, I wasn't troubled about dear Bilbo anymore. No, it's, it's for you that I feel responsible. Me? Yes. You and all these charming, absurd, helpless hobbits. It would be a grievous blow if all the jolly, stupid Bulgers, Boffins and Bagginses became enslaved. But, but what? You don't know the real peril yet. But you shall. Give me the ring for a moment. Well, there. Mm. I spoke of there being rings of power for there were many, some more potent and some less. They were forged by the elven smiths long ago. The lesser rings were only essays in the craft, but the great rings, they were perilous. Is this one of them? No. The great rings had each a gemstone. This ring, you see, is quite plain and unadorned. But then is it one of what you call the lesser rings? No, I think not. Frodo, can you see any markings on it at all? Um, no. Well, then, let's see what a little fire will reveal. But, Gandalf, my ring! It will be damaged! Wait. But Gandalf, the fire! Wait! Now, let's look at the ring. Take it, Frodo. Go on, go on, go on. It's quite cool. Take it. Now, hold it up and look closely. Well, what do you see? There, there are fiery letters. Outside and inside. But I cannot read them. No, but I can. The letters are elvish. But the language is that of Mordor. One ring to rule them all. One ring to find them. One ring to bring them all. And in the darkness, bind them. What does it mean, Gandalf? It's only two lines of a verse long known in elven lore. Three rings for the elven kings under the sky. Seven for the dwarf lords in their halls of stone. Nine for mortal men doomed to die. One for the dark lord on his dark throne in the land of Mordor where the shadows lie. One ring to rule them all. One ring to find them. One ring to bring them all, and in the darkness, bind them in the land of Mordor, where the shadows lie. This is the master ring, the one ring to rule them all. This is the one ring lost many years ago to the great weakening of its maker's power. Now, he greatly desires to have it again. 
but he must not get it. What I don't understand, Gandalf, is whose ring this is if it is not one of the elven rings. This ring was made to rule the elven rings. It was made, Frodo, by Sauron the Great, the Dark Lord of Mordor. It's he who is seeking it. But stories are told of Sauron's fall long, long ago. That is so, but always, after a respite, the shadow takes another shape and grows again. He's fast becoming very strong. And he lacks but one thing to give him strength and knowledge to beat down all resistance, break the last defences, and cover all the lands in darkness. He lacks the one ring. But what of the other rings which that first spoke of? Three of them, the fairest of all, the elf lords hid from him. The others Sauron took and gave seven to the dwarf kings who used them for getting great wealth. Nine he gave to mortal men, proud and great, and so ensnared them. The wearers of the nine are now fell servants of the Dark Lord, ringwraiths in his power. It's many years since they walked abroad, yet who knows, as the shadow grows once more, they too may walk again. And the one ring was his. He made it and wore it. But how did he come to lose it if he was so strong? It's ancient history and a long story. It was Gil-galad, the elven king, and Elendil of Westerness who overthrew Sauron, though they themselves perished in the deed. But Isildur, Elendil's son, cut the ring from Sauron's hand and took it for his own. Thus was Sauron vanquished, for a while at least. But the ring, what happened to the ring? The ring was lost. Isildur was marching north when he was waylaid by orcs and almost all his followers were slain. He leapt into the waters of the great river Anduin, but the ring slipped from his finger as he swam, and then the orcs saw him and killed him with arrows. And there, in the river, the ring passed out of knowledge and legend. But I think I can now carry on the story. Long after Isildur lost the ring, but still long ago, a hobbit-like folk lived beside the river. One day, the two of them were fishing in the river. They were called Smeagol and Digol. And Digol it was who found the ring. (gasps) What a beautiful thing! How could anyone have lost such a treasure? What is that, Deagle? Nothing. Oh, yes, it is. It's mine. I found it. Give us it, Deagle, my love. Why? Because it's Smeagol's birthday, my love, and he wants it. I don't care. I've given you a present already. I found this, and I'm going to keep it. Oh, are you indeed, my love? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, you indeed! Pretty ring belongs to Smeagol. Smeagol kept the ring and used it to thieve and find out secrets. He took to muttering to himself and gurgling in his throat, so they called him Gollum. Gollum? Do you mean that this is the very Gollum creature that Bilbo met? Yes. He took to living in the dark passages beneath the misty mountains, where in time his torment became unbearable. He hated the dark, but he hated the light more. He hated everything, 
And the ring, most of all. Well, then why didn't he get rid of it or, or go away and leave it? He had no will left in the matter. A ring of power looks after itself, Frodo. Its keeper never abandons it. And when Gollum lost the ring, it was really the ring that left him. What, just in time to meet Bilbo? Bilbo was meant to find the ring, but not by its maker. Hmm. What about Gollum? What happened to him? The elves have him now in prison, but not before he made great mischief. After he lost the ring, Gollum left the mountains to seek his precious and the hobbit who'd robbed him of it. But before Gollum could find Bilbo, Sauron found Gollum. And that is how he will have learned that the one has been found again. He has at last heard of hobbits and the Shire. And I fear that he may even think that the long unnoticed name of Baggins has become important. Oh, but, but this is terrible. What a pity Bilbo did not kill Gollum when he had a chance. Pity? It was pity that stayed his hand. One reason why Bilbo took so little hurt from the evil of the ring was because he began his ownership with pity. I'm sorry, but I'm frightened, and I do not feel any pity for Gollum. You must understand that Gollum is bound up with the fate of the ring, and my heart tells me that he may yet have some part to play, for good or ill, and when that comes... The pity of Bilbo may rule the fate of many. Yours not least. But why did the ring come to me? Why was I chosen? Not for power or wisdom. But you have been chosen. And must therefore use such strength and heart and wits as you have. But I, but I have so little of those things. Gandalf, hmm? you're wise and powerful... Will you not take the ring? No, no, no. No. Do not tempt me. I dare not take it. With that power, I should have power too great and terrible. Then why don't I destroy it? How would you do that? Well, I suppose one could hammer it or no. melt it or something. The heaviest hammer would make no dint in it, nor would the hottest fire melt it. You saw how your own small fire failed to even heat it. Yes. If you really wish to destroy it... I do, Gandalf, I do! Then there is only one way. Cast it into the cracks of doom, in the depths of Orodruin, the fire mountain, in the land of Mordor where the ring was forged. Gandalf, I am not made for perilous quests. But I see that I cannot keep the ring and stay here. I ought to leave Bag End. Leave the Shire. Leave everything and go away. And I suppose I must go alone. <laughs> My dear Frodo. <laughs> Hobbits really are amazing. Hmm. And I'm afraid you're right. For your sake, as well as for others, you will have to go. But I don't think you need go alone. Not if you know of anyone you can trust. But <clears throat> be careful in choosing. What? The enemy has many spies. What, what, what's the matter, Gandalf? Oh, I... 
Scott. Well, bless my beard. Sam Gamgee. And what might you be doing under Mr. Frodo's window? Lord bless you, Mr. Gandalf, sir. Nothing. Leastways, I, I, I was just trimming the grass borders, if you follow me. I don't. How long have you been eavesdropping? I'm begging your pardon, sir, but there ain't no eaves at Bag End, and that's fact. Don't be a fool. What have you heard? Why did you listen? Well, Mr. Frodo, sir, don't let him hurt me, sir. Don't let him turn me into anything unnatural. My old dad would take on so. I mean no harm. On my honour, sir. He won't hurt you. But just you up and answer his questions straight away. Well, sir, I heard a deal that I didn't understand about uh, an enemy and rings and, and a fiery mountain and elves. Sir, I listened because I couldn't help myself, if you know what I mean. I do love tales of that sort and believe them, too. I'd dearly love to see some elves, sir. What else did you hear? Well, Mr. Frodo is going away, sir. And that's why I choked, which you heard, seemingly. I tried not to, sir, but it burst out of me. I was so upset. It can't be helped, Sam. I have to go. But if you really care about me, you will keep that a dead secret. See? If you don't... If you even breathe a word of what you've heard, then then I hope Gandalf will turn you into a spotted toad well, no, and fill the garden full of grass snakes. Oh, no, sir! I have thought of something better than that. No, Mr. Gandalf, sir, please. Something to shut your mouth and punish you properly for listening. You shall go away with Mr. Frodo. Me, sir? Me go and see elves and all? Gandalf stayed in the Shire for over two months. Then one evening at the end of June he made a sudden announcement. I'm leaving tomorrow, Frodo. Only for a short while, I hope. But I'm going down beyond the southern borders to get some news if I can. I've been idle longer than I should. Has anything happened? Well, no, but I've heard something that has made me anxious and he's looking into it. I think you should leave as soon as possible now. I thought I'd go on September the 22nd. It will be my 50th birthday and Bilbo's 128th. That seems somehow a proper date on which to set out and follow the old fellow. Very well, but it must not be any later. It's almost the end of June already. How long will you be, Gandalf? I shall come back immediately, or at least send word. At the very latest, I'll be back by your birthday. I think, after all, you may need my company on the road. Will it be that dangerous? It may be. One thing you must remember. When you go, you must leave the name of Baggins behind you. But I'll give you a travelling name. When you go, go as Mr Underhill. And in the meanwhile, do take care. Don't let out any hint of where you're going. Underhill. But where am I to go? <laughs> I've been so taken up with the thoughts of leaving Bag End and of saying farewell that I've never even considered the direction. If you want my advice, make for the house of Elrond, half-elven, at Rivendell. That journey shouldn't prove too perilous, though the road is less easy than it was, and it'll grow worse as the year fails. Rivendell. Very good. I will go east, and I will make for Rivendell. I will take Sam to visit the elves. He will be delighted. Well, see that he doesn't talk. If he does, I really shall turn him into a toad. (laughs) And so Gandalf rode away, journeying to the southern borders of the Shire, where he heard news of the black shadow that disturbed him greatly. 
He turned then east and north, and so journeyed towards the village of Bree. Gandalf! Gandalf! Gandalf the Grey! Yes? It is I, Radagast. Radagast the Brown. Radagast. What are you doing here? Oh, seeking you. All I knew was that you might be found in a wild region with the uncouth name of Shire. It is the Shire, and you are near its borders now, but why are you seeking me? Must be pressing, for you are never a traveller, Radagast, unless driven by great need. I have an urgent errand, and my news is evil. Hmm? The Nazgul, the Nine, they are abroad again. Ah. They have crossed the river secretly and are moving westward. They have taken the guise of riders in black. The enemy must have some great need or purpose, but what it is that makes him look to these distant and desolate parts, I cannot guess. Who told you this and who sent you? The head of our order, Saruman the White. And he also told me to say that if you feel the need, he will help. But you must seek his aid at once, or it will be too late. I will go to Saruman. Then you must go now, Gandalf, for I have wasted time in looking for you, and the days are running short. I was told to find you before midsummer, and that is now here. Even if you set out now, you will hardly reach Saruman before the nine discover the land they seek. I myself shall turn back at uh, once. Uh, Radagast, stay a moment. We shall need your help, and the help of all things that will give it. You are wise in the lore of beasts and birds. Send out messages to all of them that are your friends. Tell them to bring news of anything that bears on this matter to Saruman and Gandalf at Isengard. Yes, I will do that. Fare you well, Gandalf. Leaving a message with the innkeeper at Bree to be sent on to Frodo, Gandalf rode south to Isengard, a circle of sheer rocks that enclosed a valley in the midst of which stood a tower of stone called Orthanc. While in the Shire, Frodo still watched and waited for him, and the news that Mr Baggins was up to something began to get about. Wargaffer, is it true? Aye, Daddy too, but it is true. Mr Frodo's selling Bag End. Sold it, in fact, to those cousins of his, the Sackville Bagginses. And for a nice bit, I'll be bound. More likely for a bag and price if Mr. Slobelia's the buyer. <laughs> Poor old Otho. If only he'd lived a few more years, he'd have been master of Bag End after all. Not that I wish to speak ill of the dead, Ted Sandiman, but I, for one, say the fewer Sackville Bagginses at Bag End, the better. <laughs> right. Mr. Slobelia and that there son of hers would be enough for me. So, uh, Where's Mr. Frodo off to, Gaffer? He's going back to live among his folk in Buckland. <laughs> I can't think why. They're queer folk in Buckland. He'll be well at home there, then. <laughs> He's as cracked as old Bilbo Baggins was. <laughs> There's not wrong with Mr. Frodo, nor those friends of his in Buckland. Oh, Mr. Peregrine Took and Mr. Merry Adock Brandybuck. Brandybuck. But my Sam says Mr. Merry has found Mr. Frodo a little house in Crook Hollow. But what will your Sam do now, Gaffer? Will Mr. Slobelia keep him on as gardener at Bag End? No need. He's going with Mr. Frodo to look after his bit of garden there. Oh. <laughs> you know what, Gaffer? That son of yours is acting like he's as cracked as the Bagginses. <laughs> it was late one evening in July when Gandalf arrived at Isengard and was met by Saruman, who led him up to his chamber high in the tower Orthanc. I have come for your aid, Saruman the White. Have you indeed, Gandalf the Grey? For aid? It has seldom been heard of that Gandalf the Grey sought for aid. One so cunning, so wise. Wandering about the lands and concerning himself in every business, whether it belonged to him or not. 
I'm not deceived. Things are now moving, which will require the union of all our strength. That may be so, but the thought is late in coming to you. What brings you now from your lacking place in the Shire? The Nine have come forth again. They've crossed the river. So Radagast said to me... Radagast the Brown. Radagast the Bird Tamer. Radagast the Simple. Radagast the Fool. Yet he had just the wit to play the part that I set him for. You have come and that was all the purpose of my message. And here you will stay, Gandalf the Grey. For I am Saruman the Wise. Saruman of many colors. I like white better. White. It serves as a beginning. White cloth can be dyed. The white page can be overwritten and the white light can be broken. In which case it is no longer white. And he that breaks a thing to find out what it is has left the path of wisdom. I have not brought you here to be instructed by you, but to give you a choice. What choice do you speak of, Saruman? The elder days are gone. The middle days are passing. Younger days are beginning. The time of the elves is over, but our time is ahead. The world of men which we must rule. But we must have power. Power to order all things as we will for that good which only the wise can see. Listen, Gandalf, my old friend and helper. I said we, for we it may be if you join with me. A new power is rising. Against it, the old allies and policies will not avail us at all. This, then, is the choice before you, before us. We may join with that power. It would be wise, Gandalf. How could it ever be wise to join with Sauron, our enemy? There is hope that way. His victory is at hand, and there will be rich reward for those who aided it. Yes, Saruman, I have heard speeches of this kind before but only in the mouths of emissaries sent from Mordor to deceive the ignorant. I cannot think that you brought me so far only to weary my ears. Well, I see that this wise course does not commend itself to you. Not yet. Not if some better way can be contrived. What better way? The ruling ring. And why not, Gandalf? Why not? The power would pass to us if we could but command it. Saruman, only one hand at a time can wield the one ring, and you know that well. So don't trouble to say we. I have many eyes in my service, Gandalf, and I believe that you know where this precious thing now lies. Well, is it not so? Now that I learn your mind, I will not even give you news of it. You are a fool. Well, your choices are, it seems, to submit to Sauron or to submit to you. I will take neither. Have you others to offer? Yes. The third choice is to stay here. You shall contemplate your folly from the highest pinnacle of the Tower of Orthanc. Until the end. Until what end? Until you reveal to me where the One Ring may be found. Or until it is found in spite of you. In episode one of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings, adapted by Brian Sibley, the part of Frodo was played by Ian Holm, Gandalf by Michael Horden, Bilbo Baggins by John LeMessurier, and Gollum by Peter Woodthorpe. Sam, William Nye, Gaffer Gamgee, John Church, Sandyman, Gordon Reed, Daddy Twofoot, Leonard Fenton. 
Deagle, Graham Faulkner, Saruman, Peter Howell, Radagast, Donald G., The Lord of the Nazgul, Philip Voss, The Mouth of Sauron, John Rye, and The Nazgul, Christopher Scott, Michael Spice, and Hayden Wood. With Diana Bishop, Catherine Helbert, John Livesey, David McAllister, Martin Reed, and John Webb. The narrator was Gerard Murphy. The music was composed and conducted by Stephen Oliver. The director was Jane Morgan. <laughs>